So before we launch into this week's episode, you might be interested to know about our event coming up, face-to-face event, Inspiring Prevention of Eating Disorders and Body Image Issues in London, September the 30th, Camden, London, 2023. Really hope you'll be able to make it. At the moment, it's just gonna be a face-to-face event. However, if there is a lot of demand, we might be doing it online as well. So I have brought together many different professionals in the field who are passionate about the prevention of eating disorders and body image issues. So we're gonna have there, um, obviously myself, and Kath Cunahan, psychotherapy mum on Instagram, talking about the early years as foundation for good mental well-being. We're going to have the binge eating therapist there, Sarah Dosange, talking about the hidden eating disorders, 85% of people not being underweight with an eating disorder. We've got Dr. Kaz Bomba with diagnosis, early intervention and support, you know, really being able to support medical professionals, teachers and more. George Mycock is going to be there of my own mind, talking about how eating disorder services can be improved for greater access for men and those with muscularity orientated issues. We've got Victoria Kleinsman coming to talk about body image and radical self-love. We have Rose White talking about intuitive eating principles. The eating disorder nutritionist Anne Richardson talking all about is sugar the enemy, healthy week in schools, reframing the whole way we help our children develop a healthy relationship with food. We have Jane Hartley talking about a developing a healthy relationship with exercise and movement and many more people. So I really hope you'll be able to make it. The link is in the show notes. It's $149.99, which is an absolute bargain for all these different speakers in one day. You get all your food and refreshments included, and it's a face-to-face event. It's gonna be so amazing, because it just feels like so long since we've been able to kind of properly, like really get together in these kind of spaces. So much of it has been on Zoom, and Zoom is amazing. It has been a credible thing for my business but I'm so looking forward to just getting everyone in one space and to really have that sort of collective energy and consciousness and inspiration and transformation to really think about how we can improve things for going forward for the future. So hope to see you there, link is in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist Podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist, and I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information, and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I'm doing my bite-sized episode um, instead of the guest interview that I was hoping to have up today. So my guest interview with Marcel Rose Nutrition will be out this coming Wednesday instead and the bite size episode is today so apologies for that but just to let you know the guest episode is still coming and I'm just modeling the good enough approach and imperfection and <laughs> when I sent my episode to my editor last week I forgot to accept his offer to get the podcast edited so when I went to upload it this morning as planned I realized um, it hadn't been done so there you go this kind of happens so apologies for that but you're just going around the opposite way so what I'm going to talk about today is another question from a lovely listener and this is someone who is asking about what do you do when you are told by a professional that you need to cut out a food group 
you need to cut your calories, maybe you need to lose weight, you need to change your eating in some way, but you yourself are struggling with a full-blown eating disorder or disordered eating, and you know that if you go down that route, it's going to be not good for you, it's going to be chaos, you might fall back into binge eating, it might activate old disordered eating behaviours, you know it's not going to bring you to a happy place. And I guess what I just want to say is deep compassion to you if you're in this place because recovery from an eating disorder is hard enough itself and it's immensely challenging if you have a food allergy, if you had a food intolerance or if you've been told to cut out food groups or restrict your eating in some way. And oh, if you have an eating disorder, I think if you're told to restrict whatever your weight and size, if you're underweight, normal weight, overweight, told, being told to restrict if you have an eating disorder can be immensely triggering for so many reasons. It might mean that it triggers a response where you want to binge on all the foods, as rebellion against the restriction. If you're in a place where you're weight restoring, you might then feel really limited in the number of foods that you can eat, which makes weight restoration challenging. And you might just find yourself, even if you're not binge eating, that that restriction drives you to be thinking about food all the time, it drives you to overeat, emotionally eat, and it triggers that, triggers that old scarcity mindset so strongly. So it's extremely hard, important to be compassionate with yourself. So I'm gonna talk about um, some different ways that you can deal with this, um, just talking through some different points. So number one, I guess, it's important initially just to make sure that if you have got to cut something out that it's factually necessary for you. Now I'm saying this because of a lot of people with eating disorders, disordered eating, end up with all kinds of IBS and irritable bowel syndrome type symptoms because they have been too restrictive in the first place and then they maybe go along and see professional the professional doesn't really understand the disordered eating background and then they're told to eliminate gluten dairy a whole manner of things maybe and actually what happens is it makes the problem even worse so i guess what's really important is perhaps that you are working with someone who understands eating disorders and just being really sure that maybe your food intolerance or the fact you've got to cut out something is a genuine need now of course if you have something like celiac disease you genuinely, genuinely cannot eat wheat gluten to stay well. And that's indicated by a blood test. You may have antibodies, positive antibodies for the allergen in your blood. That is very kind of clearly determined. Um, but um, it's not always quite so clear as that. So it's important, I guess, to be really clear that this is necessary. Now, I guess if you're being told to lose weight as well for a specific health condition, what can be massively helpful for you is to read up on the Health at Every Size movement, the HAES movement, H-A-E-S, Health at Every Size, and if possible, speak with a HAES-aligned practitioner who can give you a perspective on health that is not purely weight-focused, because, okay, weight might be one indicator of health, but actually the Health at Every Size movement has shown that healthy behaviours are much more indicative of kind of health rather than weight itself and we live in this very sort of weight centric focused world um, which is really not very helpful so look at Hayes if you haven't already and ask when you go for your treatment if you can speak with someone who is a Hayes aligned practitioner and if you haven't got access to someone who's a Hayes aligned practitioner as well um, direct 
whoever you're working with towards the information and the research on this because it's really important that more people are informed. So the Hayes research really indicates that health behaviours are more important than someone's specific weight. And we know that BMI is very limited. You know, for many people, BMI is not a helpful measure of weight and it causes people to starve, starve themselves to get into a healthy BMI in air quotes and then they develop disordered eating behaviours to fit within BMI. But BMI is very limiting. It's so important for you as an individual to find that optimal place where your body is happy. And if you're taller, if you're bigger boned, if you carry more muscle, you're probably not going to fit nice and neatly in a BMI box. And it's really important to recognise that. Okay, number two communicate openly with your professionals. Now, I know I've worked with so many people with eating disorders who have maybe had, you know, having treatment for their eating disorder, and then they're simultaneously having to go and have um, a consultation maybe around diabetes or something in the NHS for another health condition. And they haven't always disclosed to the practitioner there about their eating disorder. Now, I understand why this might be so. There's a lot of misunderstanding. There's a lot of shame and secrecy, etc., around eating disorders. So it's really understandable. You might not feel very open to doing that. And you might feel that, well, even if I do open up, maybe I'm not going to be met with a warm and empathetic response. And I'm going to feel more shame, etc., etc. But I think it's so important to communicate this to your team. Because if they can't understand and take on board that you have issues around the cannot speak the psychological side of eating and you're not alone with this most people have a psychological relationship with food i say we all do really um, but if they don't understand and take on board the kind of complexities and the nuances of what needs to be taken into account when you're having your treatment it's going to set you off on a really unhelpful path because Telling someone with binge eating disorders to just follow a diet and eat less, it's not gonna end in a happy outcome. It's basically putting you on another diet that you've probably been on before with one of the big slimming companies or something. It's just basically under another umbrella. It's just gonna set you up. You're probably gonna have a good few weeks, months, and then you're gonna slip back into old habits. So someone with eating disorder knowledge and understanding, ideally being haze aligned as well, is going to be able to support you much more effectively. So it really needs that nuance and that understanding and that empathy to work with you. And you might as well need to have treatment for your eating disorder first before you can work on some of those other issues. I think that's really, really important and um, helpful to acknowledge because I think what can often happen in, in these situations is you end up feeling like a complete failure, that there's something wrong with you, and actually, that is not true at all. You are being set up for failure by being suggested, you know, by being suggested that you're on a diet, you restrict your calories, you cut out a big food group, and then, of course, it's going to massively trigger your eating disorder. Time for a short advertisement break. Friends, does it seem like I'm okay until I'm stressed, then I can't stop eating? Am I ever going to stop binging? I just can't slow down or relax. I can't tell my hunger and fullness even though I think I'm eating enough. I'm fine with food till something happens and then I'm restricting or emotional eating or not buying groceries again. I surround myself with body positive pictures, wearing more comfortable clothes, but I still can't stand my body and I fear gaining weight. You don't lack knowledge. 
you might just not have felt a sense of safety inside you for recovery efforts to fully land. This means you might be living in chronic fight, flight, freeze or please, and you need new experiences of the threat responses softening that cause the eating and body image issues in the first place so the recovery can actually stick. If you're seeking the missing piece in your food, weight and health recovery journey, consider trauma-informed nutrition counselling with Tracy Brown and Associates. Tracy can be reached at www.tracybrownrd.com slash get hyphen started. That's www.tracybrownrd.com slash get hyphen started to learn how to shift what has been too much or not enough inside for food to feel easy. Case number three. So once you've established that you do have a genuine food intolerance or genuine identification of the of some changes that might be beneficial around your health behaviours to support you, then I think it's just so important to be massively compassionate with yourself because this is going to be hard to manage. You're going to feel annoyed and frustrated. And I think if you've had an eating disorder, just eliminating any foods, having to be restrictive in any way, it's a massive, massive, massive trigger. And you need support, you deserve support to make little and sustainable changes, accounting for the fact that you've struggled with an eating disorder or disordered eating. And you need to be massively compassionate with yourself. You will likely find this very, very challenging, okay? Because I think when we're starting to suffer with our health from, you know, maybe um, because of a food intolerance or because, um, I don't know, we're suffering different sort of side effects um, because of our eating disorder, you know, different eating behaviours, we can become very, very, very self-punishing and self-sabotage and we can turn to food even more to cope, to soothe, okay? So it's really hard. You need to be massively compassionate with yourself and you've got to recognise actually this is hard. Now, I know for myself as, as someone who's recovered from bulimia for a very long time now, I would find it really hard if I had to suddenly eliminate a food group because of a food intolerance. I would really struggle with that and it would probably activate some old sort of disordered eating thoughts and I'd probably have to really work on that. So be compassionate with yourself. Okay, number four, if you have a genuine food intolerance, allow yourself, you know, delicious substitutes. Now, as part of self-care, you need to make time and effort to substitute foods that do taste delicious and tasty. Now, again, I know this is hard. I have got a son who has celiac disease and he doesn't like any of the bread out there and we really struggle. And with the best will in the world, as a mother, I'm trying to make an effort to, you know, get him nice substitutes so he feels like he's not missing out and he's enjoying and getting pleasure from food. But it is really hard because the substitutes often don't taste as good. So you will need to really work at finding the things that you can eat and making food as tasty as possible. And again, that's hard and perhaps it's never gonna quite tick the box of being able to eat the full range of things. But I think it's about giving yourself that time, that compassion, that self-care, and investing into really exploring this. Now, if you're being told to lose weight for health reasons, I think again, I'll really be working with an ED dietitian or a haze aligned person because you really need that gentle support here. Now, what I'm definitely not saying here is to be substituting 
what you're eating for loads of diet products or anything like that, okay, that's just going to completely take you down an unhelpful road. So I think you really need that nuance of someone working with you who understands your relationship with food and who can gently support you. That is really, really, really important. Number five, beware of the inner rebel. If you're harsh and critical towards yourself for wanting certain foods, you may well activate your inner rebel and self-sabotage with eating. So try to move away from the deprivation mindset. Focus on the foods you can enjoy and genuinely permit yourself to eat them. So think about what you can eat. Try not to focus on the deprivation, deprivation mindset. Number six, the pleasure factor. Ensure that your primary pleasure isn't just food. Yes, food is pleasurable, it should be pleasurable, but you need a range of self-care tools in your self-care box. And if you rely solely on food, then you're going to be vulnerable to using food to boost mood, to self-soothe, etc. And you're going to feel even more sort of hard done by that you can't have access to the full range of foods that you would like to eat. So really boost that self-care, boost that pleasure factor. Food can still be part of that, but make sure you've got lots of other things in your self-care soothe box. And think about using the five senses to try and tap in to what brings you soothing. So things that you can see, things that you can hear, things that you can touch, things that you can taste, things that you can smell. And if you've never really done this for yourself before, it might be a learning and kind of almost exploration process for the very first time. And number seven, a theme running throughout this whole episode is be compassionate empathize with yourself about this extra layer of recovery that you're dealing with use kind words thoughts and actions towards yourself journal or talk to others who can understand talk to your professional team and get them on board and it's okay to struggle and feel trapped at times but being kinder to yourself you're much more likely to implement wiser self-care decisions and to give your body that respect and honor that it deserves okay so quick summary of all of those things. So number one, make sure first of all that you have a genuine food intolerance or that, the, that you genuinely need to go down a certain route in changing your diet and that it's, that it's not just something that's been activated by ED symptoms in the first place. Number two, communicate openly with professionals. They need to understand that you struggle with an eating disorder or disordered eating so they can support you. Focus on healthy behaviours, not on weight. So again, that haze aligned, health at every size. Number four, think about having delicious substitutes if you're food intolerant to certain things. And if you're being told to lose weight again, work with a haze aligned dietitian or someone who understands eating disorders. Number five, beware of your inner rebel, which will be activated. Number six, really look for pleasure and self-soothing and other things in addition to food and number seven be compassionate with yourself okay so i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you're not following me already do seek me out on instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore you might want to join my bite-sized therapy if you want additional episodes skills tips from the therapy room it's only five pounds a month and you can try it for a week for free first link is in the show notes if you enjoy this podcast i'd be so grateful if you'd follow rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners thank you so much for listening today and i look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon mm-hmm.